1: Today, I'm hosting Linda Tucker. Linda is the author of Saving the White Lions, One Woman's Battle for Africa's Most Sacred Animal. Linda grew up in South Africa under apartheid, and she also then became a high fashion model in Europe and and went to school in Cape Town, but also at Cambridge, and then went back to her homelands in South Africa. And surprisingly, her life took a total turnaround and she became the founder of the Global White Lion Protection Trust because of her meeting a very, very special medicine woman, Maria Cosa. And we'll hear more about that in just one moment. Linda, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to have you. Linda, the subtitle talks about Africa's most sacred animal. Why do you
2: call them most sacred? They are believed by the African elders of different tribal groups to be holy animals. All lions are sacred. All of nature is sacred. And of course, The lion is the king of animals, the king of beasts, but the white lion is the king of kings. The original spirit or or blueprint of the lion relates to the moment that the earth was created. What does that mean, the moment the earth was created? Well, according to the legends, in a creation moment, in previous times, the star gods came down to earth, and these came down in the form of white lions. It's linked to ancient Egyptian mythology, and it's linked to three constellations in the heavens. The one constellation, of course, is the Leo constellation, and most particularly the heart of the lion constellation. And we think of Leo the lion, yes. Uh Absolutely. And the second constellation is Orion in particular, the belt of Orion. The third important factor here is Sirius, the star Sirius, which, according to the ancient Egyptians, birthed our sun. Sirius gave birth to our sun. And, of course, then the sun is the last factor here. The sun is always associated with the lion. So if you can picture, according to the legends, if the sun were to be born on earth, what form would it take? Well, it would take the form of a lion with the rays being like the mane of the lion. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is part of the mythology that was shared with me by the priesthood of Africa who have the secret knowledge around the white lions. So this is really coming
1: from the shamans and the medicine people that go back to a very, very long lineage. And the mythology and the stories have been passed on
2: orally for thousands of years. Absolutely. There is a specific priesthood who held this knowledge. Like the historians of Africa, they didn't write it down. Instead, they imprinted it in their memory. And in fact, if they were to change a single word they believed a curse would befall them. So that is how they protected information without a single word changing. It's actually a much better way of recording history than relying on historians who of course have their own view on things and distort information. Well, I'm, I'm wondering too,
1: when we think about written language, uh, Why is it we have so many different lawyers interpreting a written document in different ways? So maybe the oral tradition does hold a kind of truth that can't be contained in the more modern written language.
2: I came to understand that that is the case when the secret knowledge was shared, first of all, by Maria Corsa, the Lion Queen of Timbavati, who saved my life, And then, secondly, by other African priests who I was introduced to from different cultures. I was honored in the fact that they shared their knowledge with me because she, Maria Corsa, had identified me as her successor. Now, that begs us to talk about
1: the story of how she saved your life. But before we do that, I want to mention something that occurs to me when you talk about the sacredness of the lion and how it runs through, of course. African mythology, including Egyptian mythology, but I'm thinking of how it runs into so many other cultures. We talk about Jesus, the Christ figure, as lion hearted, and we think of Richard the Lion Hearted. In front of the New York Library, there are two just huge lion sculptures, you know, throughout all the world there are these depictions
2: of lion. Do you find that interesting? Truly so. It is fascinating. They always hold a position of guardianship, either at the temples of Egypt or at the four corners of uh, sacred squares, such as the winged lion of St. Mark's Square. Or Trafalgar Square, those are winged lions holding the four corners. I'm thinking also the Tibetan culture has a winged lion. So it's cross-cultural, and I think this is really significant because my understanding now is that the white lion message for humanity at this time is not just contained by where it's originating in Africa. There's reason for it originating in that sacred site. But its message is global, and that is that It is the guardian of the human soul at a time of transition on earth. And the transition, if you want to give it a term, is, you know, at the time of revelations, we know that potentially there can be huge catastrophes, ecological, financial, psychological. They're taking place. But at the same time, as this transition is taking place, there is the birthing of what is known as the Golden Age that comes through the catastrophes. And the white lions are the guardians of the birth of the Golden Age.
1: You mentioned and alluded to Maria Kosa as someone who saved your life. And I would love for our listeners to hear that extraordinary moment in your life.
2: Well, I'll tell it briefly, because it's the first chapter of my book, and I'd love people to get right into the story. But it was an event that truly changed my life. I was trapped in the middle of a pride of lions at night without any chance of rescue. And we had no cell phone, no radio contact. We were threatened by these lions, and there were 24 lions in that pride. And truly, the likelihood was that one of us or more was going to be dragged off this open vehicle where we were sitting and consumed in front of our very eyes. You know, people have nightmares about that, but this was real. It was the worst living nightmare. And then I was mysteriously saved from these circumstances when a Tsonga medicine woman carrying a baby strapped to her back in the traditional fashion walked through the lions and calmed the lions and came to rescue us to to
1: see this woman walk out of the bush calmly here all of you all were in total fear and panic and she's walking calmly toward you what an extraordinary moment that must have been
2: i, I you must have been awestruck it was surreal it was absolutely surreal and you know i've never forgotten it because my work with the white lions entails a lot of courageous action, actually. And I keep telling myself, if she could walk through lions, well, then I can do this small thing, you know. Well, and that
1: for all of us, that's Maria, although she's passed on now, for all of us, we can use that. you pass that now on to our listeners, yes. that if Maria and now Linda can walk through what you've walked through and continue to walk through, so we can too walk through our own personal trials and challenges. I love that, Justine. I do too. Mm -hmm. I do too. Because
2: that's what I believe the white lions are here to do, to activate the lion heart in each and every one of us. So
1: in the saving of the lions, and especially the white lions in particular, which are very, very endangered, there are only a few out in the Mm -hmm. wild now, thanks to you. I mean, you've been able to release these lions into the wild, and you do it not as pets. You didn't raise them on your couch. These are wild. Can you say something about why this kind of wildness is needed to be preserved and how
2: you did yeah. that? Well, it's God-given, isn't it? This is the way that creation was intended. You know, when you work with these majestic angelic animals, you are in a state of reverence all the time because you are aware of the creator and you you see glimpses of the divine plan. There is a sacred geometry behind everything related to them, including their birthplace. The birthplace in Timbavati aligns exactly with the resting place of humankind's greatest lion riddle, the Sphinx. And it's an exact north-south relationship with the Sphinx, all the way down the Nile Meridian, because the Nile itself runs along that line. So it's actually known as the Nile Meridian. So if you extended the Nile River, it would go
1: exactly
2: north-south line through Timbavati Reserve. Exactly, and it would align with a river that is called Cao River, which means Star Lion River. So the Nile of the south is the Star Lion River. And what do you think the
1: significance of the south is. Like the, the northern cultures have dominated the world, but something seems to be shifting in
2: the world today. Do you see that? I see that completely. And if you look at it astrologically, everyone's anticipating astrologically the age of Aquarius, right? But they've forgotten that, that astrologically the constellation that is opposite Aquarius is Leo, so, it's actually the age of Leo Aquarius, if you take the South into consideration. And that's another reason why the white lines are precursors of a new epoch that is being birthed at this time.
1: Linda, I think we need to say something about what the dangers are right now that continue to plague the lions in South Africa and worldwide, and that's the trophy hunting industry. So can you say something about those dangers?
2: Well, I think it's tragic. It's an indication that humans have lost their value, their connection with nature, that the most sacred animals on the African continent are hunted as high income earning trophies. On the internet, You know, the lion. One of the lions we rescued was being advertised for 165,000 US dollars. His head as a trophy, and this is, this is the king of kings. You know, so it's an indication. On the one hand, the most sacred animal, angelic animals, believed to be. On the other hand, a commodity to be killed simply because someone has the money. And the South African government is going along with this, isn't it? Unfortunately, the South African government has not brought about a prohibition, although they promised for many years they would. Clearly, money is more important than a sacred heritage. And At least for the moment. For the moment, and we're gonna change that. And with people awakening all over the world, you know, we've discussed, uh, Justine, that the public is a very powerful force now, a lion-hearted public. Well, tell us, tell us how we can be of help. Tell us. Well, first of all, you can get onto my website, whitelions.org, and there is a petition there that you can sign that is gaining thousands of signatures. That petition will be taken to our president who can overrule the Supreme Court ruling and have these sacred animals protected.
1: There was a, a sanction in South Africa once before that I think might have been helpful in the destruction of apartheid. And maybe this is the second wave of it now
2: that those of us who don't live in South Africa could still be of help. Absolutely. That would be my next step. You know, my first step is to be to positively say to our our president, the world demands that these animals be protected. It's not your decision or South Africa's decision, whether the white lions live or die, these are sacred animals. If that fails, and I sincerely hope it doesn't, I think that much sterner measures are necessary, such as sanctioning tourism to our country. Now, that would be a drastic step, mm, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yes. But
1: still, and we need that all over the world. We need it here in our country. We need other people to see what we in the U.S. are doing that is still so totally destructive to the natural environment and to peoples within our own borders. So I just want to make clear that I'm not singling out the government in South Africa as a bad actor. There are bad actors here in the U.S. We're more vigilant now with the Internet, I think. We're starting to see that there is... A larger interconnection between peoples, and we're looking out for one another.
2: And Absolutely, we are around the globe because the white lions have been removed from their sacred heritage lands, put into zoos and circuses around the world, and that includes all over the states, you know, starting with Las Vegas and everywhere else. These issues are global issues, and the fact also that more than 50% of the trophies coming out of Africa are. American trophy hunters, and I think the public would be horrified at that figure. It means that every conservation issue is a global issue, and we can help each other in making
1: change. In fact, there is an organization you mentioned that's out of Las Vegas, the
2: Safari... uh, Safari Club International is uh a trophy hunting outfit. They negotiate trophies for people going to Africa to, to hunt the Big Five, it's called. What are the Big Five? Oh, that is yeah. elephant, rhino, buffalo, leopard, and lion, the king of beasts. And, well, it's one thing to hunt in the wild and to follow a code of conduct, as this organization maintains that it does, which is fair chase and, you know, on foot and not high caliber weapons, all the rest. It's another thing to hunt critically endangered animals, that have been captive-reared in cages. And unfortunately, that is a huge industry now, and a trophy-hunting outfit, like Safari Club International, should be stopping unjust practices if they believe that they follow a code of conduct.
1: Linda, what keeps you on the path to persevere? What keeps you being resilient in the face of the challenges that you've gone through and continue to go through?
2: Well, I love nature and I love these lions more than you can ever imagine. But being a mother, I think any mother out there would, would have a feel for the love that I feel. It's unconditional. And so what I've discovered in this work is that love really is the greatest force. There're going to be obstacles always, particularly in conservation work today, where there's so many vested interests in destroying. But love is the greatest force, and it keeps me going. And I'd like to go out with Maria's words. She said something about love and respect. Can you say something about that? The reason she could walk through lions was very simple, she told me. She said, if you have love and respect for nature, nature will return the favor. As simple as that.
1: I've been speaking with Linda Tucker. She's the author of Saving the White Lions, One Woman's Battle for Africa's Most Sacred Animal. And if you'd like to know more about her work, you can go to her website, whitelions.org, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine willis toms Thank you so much for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to please join us again.
0: You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.